Welcome to another episode of the Grace Over Grind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lacey C. Robbins of Robbins Nest Consulting, founder of the Everyday Business Conference, consultant to small and mid-sized businesses, and coach to women who are ready to use their knowledge, background, and expertise to build a platform and make more money. Hey ladies, so welcome back to another edition of the Grace Over Grind podcast, a special edition I call Life at the Table. Now, if you haven't had a chance to listen to a Life at the Table episode, this is really an opportunity for you to pull up your own chair as we carry on a conversation with a woman who is, or sometimes man, (laughs) who is doing the thing. They are ones who are actually in the career, in the space, and living it day to day and doing it gracefully. Now, on this particular day, I'm really excited to introduce you to Michelle M. Gomez. Now, Michelle is the Latina career and life coach, and she's based in California. If you happen to be in the LA Riverside area, be sure to visit the show notes as she has a special event that's coming up absolutely free for women there. Um, And, you know, I want to make sure that you have a chance to be a part of it. Now, here's why I'm so excited to talk to Michelle. Uh, Not only is she a mom, is she a wife, but she's working daily and building her own business, but she's also supporting other women in their own work-life design, and she incorporates career ambition and conscious parenting through her inner feminine healing. Now, this particular episode, ladies, it may trigger you a bit, so please consider this warning as we are talking about mother wounds. Now, if that's something you've never heard of before, something you may be familiar with, or you're looking to start to heal for yourself, this is definitely the episode for you. You can actually read her full bio in the show notes, but Before we begin, I want to remind you that this particular episode may trigger you, so please keep that in mind on where you choose to listen. And from there, grab your stilettos and let's go. Okay, ladies, welcome back to another special edition of the Grace Over Grind podcast. As you know, the Life at the Table segment is all about our opportunity to meet authentic women who are doing the thing every single day. I do want to, however, add a caveat to this particular episode. My special guest, Michelle Gomez, she is a life and career coach, as you know. However, this episode may trigger some things in you emotionally. So if you are at work, if you are driving, you may want to hit pause and listen to this particular episode at another time where you could be to yourself because I'm going to tell you now, the tears may come up and the emotions may come up. Today, we're talking about mother wounds and not only about the wounds themselves, but how you can heal from them. And so again, I wanted to add this caveat to the beginning portion of our time together because I really want to give you a chance, if you need to, to give yourself some space as you listen to this particular episode. And as I always say, be sure and grab your journal because you're going to want to take notes. So again, Michelle, I'm so excited that you're here on today. Welcome to the Grace of a Grind podcast, Life at the Table edition. Thank you, Lacey. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to have you here. So we are going to start off, as we always do, with our everyday business Uh, top five warm-up questions so that the ladies can get to know you a little bit better. So first and foremost, coffee or tea? Coffee. Coffee. Me too. I'm definitely a coffee girl. How about where did you grow up and where do you live now? So I've grown up in Southern California my whole life, born and raised, um, and mostly in the LA Basin area, but we now live in what's called the suburbs kind of like the suburbs of LA where you, you know, like the Connecticut of LA, it's the Inland Empire, Riverside County. Very nice. Very nice. I have friends who I went to university with from Riverside. So I know the area. Yeah. So that's awesome. So yeah. for you, is it going to be a book or e-reader? 
I am a book reader. I love, I love books. I like highlighting, taking, you know, writing notes on it, putting little post-its. I, yeah, I prefer the book. I'm not a big e-reader person. <laughs> nice. And where would you like to visit, but haven't quite made it yet? Oaxaca, Mexico. Um, Oaxaca, Mexico is just beautiful. And everyone that I have met that has gone there and the video and pictures that they bring back and just the, the feeling that they bring, I mean, travel changes you, right? You go and you travel and you either leave a part of you that didn't serve you like there, or you learn something new about yourself and bring it back. And so there's something, my spirit is calling me to Oaxaca for whatever reason. And so I, I even declared it this morning on my, my morning, like prayer and affirmations. I'm like, I'm putting it in the atmosphere. I'm going to get to Oaxaca one way or another. It's going to happen. Yes, I love it. So when you make it to Oaxaca, please send me a postcard. You got it. <laughs> I would love that to add to the collection. That'd be awesome. So last question, what's a piece of advice given to you from a mentor that you still live by today? Oh, uh, the, the one that I've used the most recently is the question, is this going to matter in five years? Because I think a lot of times we get so concerned about, you know, this needs to get done. This has to get done. Or I'm, I have to do this right now. Or I'm, I'm concerned or anxious about this. And so my, uh, my, one of my mentors told me, ask yourself, is this going to matter in five years? Mm-hmm. And if it's not going to matter, don't worry about it. You know, just make the best, make the next, next best rest decision in front of you right now. And you don't really know what's going to happen in five years. It may matter if I, and if it doesn't, then move on. Nice. Oh, very nice. Yeah, that's a sage wisdom there. It's a great piece of advice. I know so many times we can even be paralyzed because we don't want to make it the quote wrong decision. So mm-hmm. we don't make any decision instead of realizing that no decision is also a decision. And yep. so, you know, we really want to um, keep, keep that in mind. So, you know, give the ladies who are listening, maybe a couple of gentlemen are sprinkled in there as well. But, you know, how did you get here? Um, What has the path been to bring you to today as being a life and career coach, an author, a speaker? Like you are doing all of the things. (laughs) Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time in the, um, you know, just really elevating my corporate career for a very, very long time. And, you know, you get you get all the the things, like you said, the things, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I did all that I was supposed to do. I, I graduated with my bachelor's degree. I, you know, I, I got married, I've had kids. Then after that, I, you know, bought a house and then I went back and got my master's degree and it just, you know, uh, sort of a gold star junkie, you know, kind of, kind of a type A, like, okay, what's next? And every time I got to the finish line, I always moved it steps forward. Like, okay, there's still more to go. And, and while I do love self-mastery, I love growing. I never want to feel like I've reached the pinnacle of self-awareness, right? Um, I just got tired of always trying to create my own title and make it bigger and reach somebody else's version of success. Mm-hmm. And I started just turning my attention to others. And mm-hmm. in my career, I've had people either at the company or outside of the company in my church ask me like, hey, how, how did you get that? How did you get here? You mm-hmm. know, being so young and have attained what I attained and still with a husband and children, I can't, you still do it. Like how? And so I just started started mentoring people, you know, through career coaching. I started, well, let me look at your resume. Well, let's look at your LinkedIn profile. Let's mm-hmm. do a mock interview so that you're prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I taught them how to negotiate salaries and how to negotiate certain um, sort of perks, you know, like a work-life design, especially mm-hmm. for working women, those of us who have children, you know, things that are important to you, being very, very clear on what your list of non-negotiables are mm-hmm. so that you are prepared to have the tough discussions, right? Because so many times we just don't ask because we don't want to put ourselves out of the running or we don't right. want to be over, overlooked. And so or we wait yeah. <laughs> and I did that for free for a very long time because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching other people thrive. Okay. Um, but one of the things that I just always struggled with was imposter syndrome. So I just thought no one would ever pay me for my time and expertise. Nobody would ever, you know, I just didn't think I was worthy. And so I finally got out of my own way and, and thought, you know what? I, I respect authors so much. I'm an avid reader. Mm-hmm. And I just wrote my book and published it uh, June of 2018. Yeah, okay. 2018. And, and since then, launched my company, Michelle Gomez Coaching. And I've been doing career coaching and then transitioned into life coaching as well. So I offer both. I've nice. done public speaking and, and, and professional forums and uh, 
entrepreneurship forums, even in the academic space. Um, so yeah, it's, it's mm -hmm. really been nice. And Michelle, what's the name of your book? My first book is called Own Your Brilliance. Okay. Overcome Imposter Syndrome for Career Success. Nice. And we can find your book. Um, ladies, I will make sure to put a link to her book in the show notes so that you can either download your copy or order your copy and make sure that you can start to own your own brilliance. Um, because, you know, yours truly, I believe, has also um, overcome a sense of imposter syndrome. I know for myself, too, I was definitely the one who was guilty of rowing. So I teach ladies like there's seven keys that will get you to success. And one of the keys is to stop overcompensating, to realize you are doing more than enough. You don't have to add one more thing. You don't have to overextend yourself to one more club, commitment, meeting, you know, fill in the blank. And so if you can really pause and, um, you know, not fall into the pitfall of rowing, because if you've ever been on a rowing machine in the gym, you're putting in all this effort, you're exerting all this effort, but you're going nowhere. And yeah. the same thing can happen a lot with us as women leaders, especially those like yourself, like myself, type A, high achievers, triple A, <laughs> high achievers, um, you know, it can really cause us to get into burnout and we don't even realize that we're there. So yeah. ladies, you know, this month we are talking about um, achieving more by doing less. Shout out and nod to Tiffany Dufu, who is the author of the book by the same title, and um, the title, the full title of the book is Drop the Ball, Achieving More by Doing Less, in which she, too, talks about her own um, victory over type A, being a type A individual. And so, um, you know, I'm really excited today for our listeners to get a chance to connect with you because I'm curious about, and we were talking about this a little bit before we jumped on um, the interview today, but what is the root of imposter syndrome? So <laughs> imposter syndrome is the inability to internalize your success, right? You see it happening around you, but it doesn't seem real. Because mm -hmm. it's part of your connection to yourself that doesn't seem to acknowledge that you are worthy just as you are. There seems to be a pattern of, I need to do in order to, to be perceived as, as worthy to be, mm -hmm. right? And so as an imposter, you, you are afraid of coming off as a fraud or a phony. So you work, 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 work in order to just get through every day. It's like, okay, I fooled everyone yet again, really. But not everyone's fooled. They, they're seeing what you don't see because you can't internalize it. And so you show up with different ways, like trying to be a perfectionist or trying to be like an individualist. I can do it on my own, not accepting any help, trying to be a superwoman. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. You burn out, right? And um, very, very recently, uh, towards the end of last year, I discovered that another major part of the imposter syndrome experience are women who struggled with their mother wound. Mm. And so mother wounds, can you define that for us? You know, especially for some of the ladies who maybe they hear the term and they're like, oh yeah, I got, it. I got the mother wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There may be some ladies who are listening who that's a new term for them and they have never heard of it before. So can you help us to define that? What is a mother wound or, or what is that concept exactly? So a mother wound can, it really is the inability to identify who you are as a person because there's a disconnect between the image that your mother imparted on you versus your, who you actually are. So a lot of times, um, you know, our, we, were, we were birthed out of our mothers. That was our first relationship. We were in her body, we came through her, and everything we learned about ourselves and the world was from her. The way she treated us, the way she interacted with the world taught us how we're supposed to behave, mm -hmm. right? What, what the expectation was in order to receive the love and the nurturing um, that you needed as a child, right? So if there was an impasse, if there was some sort of blockage between your receiving that nurturing identity affirming, like you are enough as you are. Mm -hmm. you, you don't need to be different. You don't need to dress different, act different. You are enough as you are, and I'm your mom, and I'm going to love you 
and accept you no matter what, right? If you didn't get that, if you needed to behave differently or not speak or not, not talk about truths, you know, not call out inconsistencies, never mention traumas, keep secrets, all those things. If you needed to be different in order to receive attention from her, whether positive or negative, mm-hmm. that is a clear indicator of a mother wound because now you don't even know who you are. You don't even really, because you didn't even get a chance to really sit in your own consciousness, develop your own identity without fear of it upsetting her. And right. so a lot of women grow up without addressing this. And then they get into positions of power and influence where they start to elevate their careers or, or they even have the desire to do big things. But because they're struggling with imposter syndrome that may have something to do with their mother wound, and if that goes unchecked, and all these beautiful dreams won't manifest. So that's why the work we're doing now in our, uh, in our new campaign, Healed Ehas, is tremendous. Wow. So ladies, if any of that resonates with you, that having to contort and shift and adjust who you are, um, you know, in order to receive attention or receive love, if that was something you experienced as a child, maybe even now as an adult, this is definitely um, where you want to lean in. So if that is a person, you know, I'm experiencing a mother wound, I've had a mother wound, um, how do we start to overcome that? How do we discover who we really are? Well, the healing pattern starts first with some truths. I think many of the women that I have had the opportunity to connect with now that we've launched this program um, have never had anyone affirm or validate their feelings Mm -hmm. ever. So that's the first part is speak the truth. You can't heal what you can't speak. One of my, one of my virtual life coaches is Missy Yanla Van Zandt. I follow her work very closely. And Mm -hmm. she, she says, you can't heal what you can't speak. Secrets keep you sick. Right. And so we talk about that stuff out loud. We talk about the traumas of some of the cultural implications of Latina daughters uh, the expectation of us as kids, you know, how we, the colonialism of our upbringing, how we're supposed to revere men and put men before us and serve men and how boys were given a lot more freedom than girls. And mm. the expectation of boys was to grow up and do big things and, you know, go to school and start businesses. And with girls, it was like, just get married and have children. Mm. And so the expectation's different. And so um, we talk about how all those things impacted us. And if we grew up with families uh, with narcissistic mothers who mm-hmm. wanted you to be an extension of their ego to hide their insecurities and inadequacies, how that contributed to trauma. Yeah. If someone doesn't know what a narcissist is. Yeah. Can you give me like the Reader's Digest? I guess I'm <laughs> dating myself, but the Reader's Digest, the, you know, the Twitter version of what is a narcissist? Uh, and, and I, the narcissist is actually sort of an emotional terrorist, right? It's mm-hmm. someone who really, they, they impart their ego and their uh, inadequacies onto the outside world mm-hmm. and hold, sort of hold the outside world hostage to fulfill their need. And they, they need to be right. They need to be um, always, the image is very important. They need to know that they control you and that you you are not who you are without their presence. And there's so many layers to the narcissist. Some narcissists are very overbearing and controlling. Other narcissists are more manipulative. Uh, you know, they play the they play the wounded fawn so that you can feel sorry for them, mm-hmm. and that's how they know they control you. And it's 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 very sinister in its approach because. They have a beautiful way of making you feel important and loved, and they, they just want to shower you with this love so that they can get you. And then once they have you in their grabs, they can have you contort and behave and, and be, be who you aren't. You betray yourself mm-hmm. in their presence because you need to be whatever they need you to be to feed their ego. And narcissists do things like they, they never apologize. They cut people out. They have um, out of their lives because they they don't, you don't agree with the, with anything that they do, or if you disagree with something or challenge them or call them out for their hypocrisy, mm-hmm. they cut you out of their lives. So there's a, there's a lot of, um, vi- you know, sort of in, in a passive aggressive violence yes. that occurs emotionally 
sometimes yeah. physically as well. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah, it could be very, um, it could be both overbearing and neglectful. That's why I say it's so sinister. But yeah, a, a narcissist, there's so many layers to a narcissist. And I want to be very clear. I'm not a psychotherapist. Mm -hmm. I have just had years of experience because okay. both my parents are narcissists. And as adults too, as daughters, as we go through our healing patterns, there's narcissistic patterns in the way we show up as adults that we have to be very aware of so that we can course correct that. Absolutely. It's very, very prevalent. In fact, um, I actually had a breakthrough. I don't know if we have time, but we have, I have yeah. a breakthrough I just experienced yesterday morning and I shared it with the women in the group. I'm reading a book right now called The Deepest Well. Um, and in this book, she was talking, she's an author, a PhD that was raised by narcissists. And she gave examples of some of her patients. And um, one of the examples really resonated with me because I, you know, all of us that are raised by narcissistic parents or have a mother wound of some sort, mm -hmm. we can all think of at least one, and you can tell me if you know yours, at least one thing, I'm sure there's more, but at least one thing that like, why do I do that? Mm. Oh, I hate that about myself. Why, why do I, why do I do that? You know, you do it and then you look, you beat yourself up for it later. <laughs> so for me, the thing that I just couldn't explain, mm -hmm. why do I do this was my need to be very honest. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I, transparency for me is huge, right? Mm -hmm. But I found myself being transparent with, in situations or with people that didn't merit the transparency I was handing out. Oh, you know, okay. like my boss, like my boss doesn't need to know everything about my life, you know, right. like, you know, as, even with clients, you got to be very careful, right? Mm -hmm. Now in this healed EHA space, transparency is huge for me because these are women that are healing from a severe pain. And so my sharing my pain with them is comforting. It's safe here. However, and, and so the Healed EHAS, just in case you didn't catch that, ladies, the um, Healing EHAS is a group that Michelle has created as a safe space for Latino women to be able to come together and to um, support one another. But yeah. I have already told her she needs to expand this for all women, yeah. uh, for all women of color she did. at the minimum. <laughs> she did. She did. Absolutely. Yeah, I think women of color definitely. But so what I learned is the, the, my need, you know, to be overly uh, honest, you know, like, you know, I need to be transparent. Let me just, you know, I'm gonna just be honest here. And I would speak this because I had this fear of being fake mm -hmm. or feel or being perceived as a liar, you know, or omitting because I had this fear. And now after reading this chapter from her book the other day, she says, yeah, you know, if you were raised in a household where your narcissistic parents were constantly like, don't talk about it. Don't, don't mention it. When the out, outside world, it has to seem like everything's okay. You know, I, and so a lot of these women had, you're sexually molested at home and you wow. can't speak about it, you know, or you have sex, uh, you have uh, violence or drug abuse or alcohol abuse in the home. Can't talk wow. about it. Right. Uh, you're, you have a sibling or someone in the family who's facing criminal charges talk about it you know and so when you're told to omit and pretend and put on the smile and act like everything's cool ignore the big pink elephant in the room don't let anyone see you sweat right it needs we need to look perfect when you've been trained that way mm -hmm. then and if you want to go against the current and not be that way in your adulthood you become this like fountain of truth yeah and, but if you could overly share and I and I just always hated that about myself. I'm like, why am I sharing so much? Like I just over explain myself a lot. Gosh, I, did I read my, did I reach my word quota today? God, <laughs> you know, like I just, and now I understand it's because I was raised in a house where we didn't talk about it. Yeah. You know, things were happening around in the house and nobody sat me down as a child and said, I realize this looks crazy. Yeah. Let me explain what's going on, you know, and, and walk me through. No, I was just a child kind of going through this maze of craziness yeah. that nobody made sense to me. And all I saw was lying. Let's pretend, mm -hmm. let's lie. And the minute somebody called out the lie, my mother would get upset. Okay. So, and I you just, know, it's interesting because like in the black community, in the black culture, um, we're told like what goes on in this house stays in this house. You don't go out, tell them what's happening and da, 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 da. And you know, um, very similar to the Latin commu Latina community, community, the black community has experienced like um, 
uh, abuse and, you know, incarceration and those sort of things. And, um, you know, daddy sneaking into the bedroom of baby girl at night and mama knows what's happening, but she turns a blind eye and, and those sort of things. And, um, it's all the secrets. It's exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, it's like, it's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard. And so all of those little secrets, eventually the truth is going to come out. The light is going to be shine upon the darkness. Yes. And when it happens, these little girls, um, little boys who were experiencing this grow up to be adults who still have this trauma, really, at the end of the day, that's what it is, it's trauma. It is. And so now it's like, wow, how do I cope? You know, what do I need to do? Like, tell, you know, tell the listeners, why is healing EHA so important? Because it's, and I have scoured, I had been on my healing, my, my mother wound journey for a, a very long time. I, I can't remember a time where my mother and I have been like super close. I was either someone she depended on or someone she envied. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was, you know, she had bouts of trying to show me she helped. She's great grandmother to my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she and I were just never we were never that, that, like, like that, you do see those mother and their daughters and they're just so, yeah. you know, it's so great. And they just, oh, they just love each other so much. And, mm-hmm. and I do love her and I'm sure she loves me, but love is never enough. Really. You know, there has to be mm-hmm. support, understanding, acceptance, maturity, forgiveness. There has to be so much more in any type of relationship, right. especially with the mother. So heal Dijas is the first place that I have found where Latina daughters can come and talk about this openly. Without shame, there is no other platform where this conversation is being had. I haven't seen a podcast where Latina daughters are coming and talk about this. I haven't been to any webinars about this where they're talking about this openly. Like I was showing up to mother wounds, mother wound, like little seminars, and I'd be the only Latina daughter. Wow. Right. And so I'm like, there's, where are my, where are my hermanas? Where are they? You know, and I know my cousins and I have talked and and we're like, you know, we're there for each other. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gosh, you know, there has to be something else. And so when I go, I go to a ton of, I've gone to Latina Fest, I've gone to so many like um, Latina based forums. I've been to Harvard Latinas. I went to their thing. And so I'm around all of this. And I thought there, there's, there's has to be a safe place to come and talk about this because Mm -hmm. that's the other thing. We're still terrified of our mothers in some way. So we, you know, it's funny when we start having these really deep conversations and I start sharing the methods that they can impart to their healing. I, some of the comments on there are like, gosh, my mother would be so pissed if she saw that I was in here. Wow. Like my mother would be really upset. And I'm like, like, like we're five. Yeah. Like we're five and we're reading something or watching something we're not supposed to be watching or talking about. We are grown women with right. children of our own. And we're still, <laughs> our, our internal daughter is still terrified to mm. be discovered for finding herself. For, for finding her own identity. So I'm yeah. like, oh gosh. So now it, it, like I said, in six weeks, we grew over to a hundred women. That's amazing. And, yeah. And it's starting to get it. Who don't speak Spanish. Ijas means daughter. Yes. Um, you know, um, you need to get your, get download uh, one of these apps to help you with <laughs> second language people. But yeah, <laughs> Ijas means daughter and Hermanas means sister. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I love that Michelle is sharing this with us because for me and my platform and the ladies that I serve, it's all, I see us all as sisters. So I don't care if you are African-American, Latina, Caucasian, we're all in this together yeah. at the end of the day, because as women, we all have um, experienced our own journey and, but there's still commonalities because yes. we all are women that we yes. experience. So you know, we've identified what the mother wound is. We've identified where the root of it is, which is the imposter syndrome. Well, it's not the root. It's just a contributing factor. But the okay. root is just you not be not owning, not not enforcing your identity because your mother didn't allow you to create one of your own. You okay. had to be who. Yeah, it's with the way she, the messages she gave you wasn't your own. It was an extension of her. An extension of her. And so, what if I am now? ready to heal. Are you an ultra high achiever? What happens when family and career collide? 
Plan now to join the spring edition of the Sweet Life Social on Friday, April 10th at 9.30 a.m. Now is the time to pivot the type AAA female boss known to those around her as every woman with this gentle guide of advice on how to relax at the Sweet Life Social Drop the Ball edition. Join our host, Dr. Lacey C. Robbins of Robbins Nest Consulting, as she teaches teaches you to uncover the specific strategies for your life to achieve more by doing less. Each attendee will enjoy a four-course brunch paired with wine or beverage of your choice, and the Everyday Business Signature Box will premiere. While there, create unlimited connections with lady leaders from various industries. Be sure to secure your seat now as space is limited. Right. What is one thing? Because I heard you specifically say, I love my mother, you know, so um, but I have those boundaries. Right. Mm -hmm. So what is one thing for our listeners? um, You know, once you've identified that these are mother wounds like there's I'm not crazy. There is nothing wrong with me. Right. What can we start to do maybe today to start to prepare ourselves for healing. So certainly remember that collective healing is very powerful. So, I mean, if you have a group of women that you can share openly in a safe place, is a great great place to start. But you can certainly start doing things like listening to to meditations uh, about the mother wound, like learning what that feels like, learning, reading books about it are really good. I just created an ebook. I'd be happy to share the link with you. Ladies, I'm going to put that in the show notes, download. Yeah, education is good. Learning what it is and how it resonates with you. And that's why the Latina mother wound was something I can speak to because as a Latina woman, but I understand the differences in culture, you know, like Anglo-Saxon women, which which is, sorry, Caucasian women. <laughs> Caucasian women are, um, their, their mothers seem, it seems to me that they are a little bit more accepted to be autonomous having like, you know, there's women that, oh, my mother lives in Florida. I don't only, only see her on the holidays. I'm like, wow, how do you do that? That's amazing. Yeah. Like, like my mother lives seven minutes away. Wow. <laughs> Wherever I move, she moves. Like yeah. my grandma moves right thereafter. We're very, we're a very enmeshed culture. Okay. So boundaries are actually taboo, right? Meanwhile, in the Anglo-Saxon, Caucasian, they're a little bit more acceptable. Mm-hmm. In the black community, it might be different. I don't know. I, I know that in the black culture, I see some mothers live in different states and that's, mm-hmm. you're allowed to, you're allowed. It's so crazy that I have to say as an adult daughter, you're allowed to right. live in another state, but you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not getting, you're not getting cut off from your mom because you decided to take a job in Texas, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I've noticed that, that if you're going to heal, definitely get some education, start there, you know, start to understand um, what the mother wound is and how it shows up for you. Not everyone has a narcissistic mother. Some of them have just depressed mothers. Some of us have mothers who had had their own trauma that was unhealed. And so they're now mothering from a broken place. Mm-hmm. Um, addictions, uh, you name it. There could be an array of things. But one thing I want to be very, very clear with all ladies, your mother does, does not need to heal in the first in order for you to heal. Your healing journey is just yours. You are only responsible for your healing. She doesn't have to meet you halfway. She doesn't have to change or apologize or validate your growth. You can, she's just going to notice one day, wow, she's, she's different. Yes. Nothing shifted. That part right there, your healing, your personal healing is not contingent on your mother's healing. And, and you know what, if you, um, if we have been victims of mother wounds, a lot of times we can think, well, I can't move on or I can't continue forward until my mother has continued forward or moved forward. And I, I really want to um, put a pin there to remind us like, yes, I can stand on that very point. My healing can start today regardless as to what's happening around me, regardless as to my siblings healing, my mother's healing, you know, mine can start today. Ladies, you know, you've heard me say countless times, you cannot change anyone else's response. You can only change your own response. And that is such a powerful thing and um, a great reminder for us. So Michelle, what can we do? So now, you know, we have identified our own mother wounds, 
but we might be, there may be some ladies who are listening who are mothers. So what mm -hmm. can we do to make sure we break the cycle so that we don't continue to, to wound our own daughters or our own sons? So what's wonderful about the, the mother wound journey, as painful as it is, but yes, I promise you, I, with the work, especially the work that I do with, with these ladies, we do everything from journal prompts, meditation, reflection. Um, we have moments of breakdown. We have moments of reaffirming who we want to be. We change our narrative about ourselves because we get to change our story, mm -hmm. right? You can, the whole point is to be able to change your story. That way, when someone says, so, hey, Michelle, tell me about yourself. I can, I can, if I'd like to go into, well, you know, my father was an alcoholic, narcissistic, abusive man. And my mother was a uh, narcissistic, overbearing, um, controlling, envy freak. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> but how is that empowering, right. right? So now through my healing process on both ends, I've just been, I've just been able to say, you know, I trust that my the parents that had me did the best that they could. And uh, through all of that, here I am. I'm despite it, despite it all. I, I am who I am and I'm grateful for the journey. Yeah. And that's more empowering. And it's not, it doesn't make it about them. You see how the first one, yes, it calls out their bad behaviors and it right. calls out the pain. But how is that empowering to me? I could change the narrative and make it about the empowerment and not about them. Because like I said, their inconsistencies or their, their pain and how they, how they raised their children has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. that, that is their healing is their responsibility. I'm only responsible for mine. And so we, we focus on those things, on being able to change your narrative and be able to move forward in a more empowering way. So when I start to change my own personal narrative, that will help me to stop the cycle that I may be putting on my right. own children. You're now more conscious. You're yeah. conscious of your triggers because we do. We focus it on. We talk about it all. We talk about traumas. We talk about triggers. We talk about unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. We talk about um, fear. We talk about boundaries. Um, and, and all of this stuff, this mother wound stuff can also show up in your marriages and your parenting and your friendships. Mm -hmm. And so when you become more conscious, you can actually start practice conscious parenting because we do talk about our kids in the group as well. We talk about like, how can I, when I catch myself starting to repeat these patterns, mm -hmm. what can I do? So I tell, I tell, I tell them about the tools to stop and reflect and change and do a pivot, right? Cause everything is a choice. Yes. You have a choice to either continue or not. You have a choice to keep talking or not. You have a choice to be angry or not. And so um, we practice conscious parenting by remembering what it was like to be that little girl who didn't have anyone look after her, who didn't double check on her, who didn't let her speak her truth. And we try to impart better patterns for our kids. And the first step is letting them be their own conscious beings, their, their own essence. Like Dr. Shafali says in her book, um, The Conscious Parent, these children came through us, but they don't belong to us. We were the vessels chosen by God to bring them here. But these are God's kids. And all we can do is focus on our healing and our connection to a higher power to, to be what these kids need to be so that they can grow up and be what they need to be. But they're not an extension of us. They're not, they're not who, they're not little mini me's. They are their own people. And so when you Give yourself the permission as an adult daughter to practice autonomy and identify your own identity. You won't be so harsh on your children to follow through. You'd be your little soldiers to be your little mini me so that your ego could be boosted. Mm -hmm. But no, you know what? You're, my kid might have, we have, we all have different kids, right? One kid's more calm or responsible. The other one's kind of a tantrum thrower. Yeah. You know, one eats well, the other one's really finicky. One lets things roll off her back. The other <laughs> one gets upset for nothing. You know, and we all have that dichotomy in our children, but mm -hmm. this is their essence. This is who they are. And, you know, asking them to contort and be different is the same wound that you'd be passing down. So again, wow. finding your own identity, being okay in your own identity as a woman, then you won't be offended by anyone else's identity. If this is who they choose to be, you won't be so harping on, I'm right, you're wrong, and I need you to be right with me so that my ego is intact. Yeah, be yourself. <laughs> Ladies, I don't, I am at a loss for words, and you know that is so rare for me. Um, I am so grateful, Michelle, that you would take the time to be a part and to, to share this powerful message 
with us on today. Um, all month long, ladies, we're talking about achieving more by doing less. And it really does start with giving ourselves the permission to pivot, right? And, and I think even to some degree, and you, you know, tell me if you agree with this, um, the permission to really forgive ourselves, you know? Um, forgive ourselves for if we were the daughter that has these has experienced these wounds um, because it may mean to keep the wounds from happening again or to, yes that you have to put some distance yes because it, it, I get that question a lot in the group about how do we handle regressions because we do have moments of regression you might have learned boundaries and how to force them you might have learned the power of non-reaction you know, being around your mom and not reacting to her passive aggressive digs, not reacting to her overbearing, constantly giving you unsolicited advice or, you know, throwing this, this harshness towards you when you maybe didn't call her for three days. So now she's upset. She wants you to know passive aggressively that you're upset, but not being non, when you've learned to be non-reactive, you've learned to overcome, you've learned to set the boundaries and not feel bad. And you've learned to stop overthinking about everything she says. You learn all these things through the journey, through the journey that the ladies do in this group. And there are times where you're going to have a trigger and you might regress. And so that what I tell the ladies is regression is a part of the journey. It, it is. It's just, you have to just, but you can't and not expect to regress at different points, but just know how to handle it. And through, through being able to be curious, don't judge yourself for regressing. Just right. look at, just look at, listen to your body. How does this feel? What happened? What happened there? Just get curious. What happened? What was that about? Learn something and move on. Don't let it ruin your day. You know, it's like, okay, it was just a setback. And, and know that, that again, this is, this is just, it's a journey. It's not a race. So it's, I know I've had a couple of ladies ask me in the group, when do I know that I'm healed? And I'm like, uh, I'll tell it. I said, I'll tell it's a process and only you will know if you've really got to the other side. But one myth that I want to make very, very clear to everyone who's listening. If you think that with you, oh, I'll be healed. This will be done with when my mother is dead. Mm. That is not true. That is absolutely not true. Please don't take that as a, as, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put up with it until she's gone, you know? And no, 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 because I, some of the women in our group, their mothers have passed and they carry the guilt and shame of not speaking their truth to their mother, not speaking their pain or not being clear, or maybe even withholding love because yeah. of the pain. And then she, now she's gone. So she has no way of honoring her mother despite the pain. So yeah, it, it's actually that. And then the other thing that I hear is, oh, the past is in the past. Why are you bringing this up? But yet you see women struggling in bad relationship patterns, mm -hmm. uh, upsetting parenting patterns, health issues, addiction, um, depression, all that stuff. And so I, I tell them, well, how is the past still the past? And this is your current reality. Right. So clearly it's not in the past. We need to address okay. this. So, yeah, so those are the myths. Don't think that the past is in the past because if, if there's stuff in your life that's happening very, that's happening now, that's your proof to you that it's not in the past. And don't assume that when, when, when mom goes to heaven, that that's, that you're just all light switch on. I'm healed. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's not. That's, Do the work now. I'm glad that you bring that up because I, it is easy to think, well, out of sight, out of mind, right? Or there's that distance, or I don't have to deal with that anymore. So I'm really glad that you bring that up. So Michelle, I know that um, at the time of this recording, you have a conference that's coming up. Can you, for the ladies who might be in your area, there may even be some women who are like, child, I don't care. I'm about to fly in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually our first Healed Ihas live event. And it's actually, it's not even a conference. It's actually just a Sunday brunch. Okay. You know, I think, and I, there's a whole, everything I do with this group is very intentional. Mm -hmm. And I remember as an adult, that we started becoming an adult, going to brunch with girlfriends and stuff and seeing these mother daughter moments and thinking like, man, I wish I could do that. You know, and so it's a brunch because it's for daughters. And so it's like we're coming together and it's just a three hour event. It's completely free to come. Nice. Um, yeah, it's going to be at a place in Riverside, California. And I can send you the link to the event. We're keeping it small, 25 women or so. We're up almost at capacity. So if I can, if I, if somebody, I'll tell you what, if somebody, one of your listeners yeah. calls and says, I listened to this and I want to go, I will open up a spot for that person. 
That I will. Awesome. Now, did you hear that, ladies? Look at that. The favorite God is on your life. (laughs) But yeah, it's completely, it's it's on Sunday, March 15th from 11 to 2. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's going to be, it's going to be women uh, from, like I said, from this Inland Empire era. We have some ladies coming up from Los Angeles area as well. I am going to have more events. This is our first, first one, but it just, you know, it happens so organically. I I just, I, I spoke of my truth finally in December. And then I started the group January 3rd. Mm-hmm. And in six weeks, it grew to over a hundred women. We're now at 116, I believe. Wow. And so I was like, I have to have a Heal the Has event. And so the, here we go. So we're going to have a three hour event and it's going to be transformational. It's going to be a transformational process. It's collective healing. You know, heal, when you're in a group of women and you heal together, it's a safe space to talk about this stuff. Um, there's going to be some healed Ehas merchandise. I have what's called a healed Ehas healing starter kit, you know, and it's everything that I did or I still do every day for myself. I have a journal, fuzzy socks, a candle, and my book that I'm reading at whatever time. So it's, it's a cool little package that it's going to include, um, a book, uh, you know, a journal book, a candle and a pair of fuzzy socks so that you, and a mug for your coffee that has the healed Ehas logo on it. So that way we have like, we all have we're all healing at different times in our homes. We're all wearing the same thing. So you're a part of this community. So if I wanted to get one of those starter kits, if somebody who's listening, maybe they, you know, they haven't, they're not going to be able to make it all the way to California. They're here in Wisconsin, they're in South Carolina, whatever. Do you have a way that they could still maybe purchase one of those? Yes. Yes. We're going to put it up for pre-sale before the week before the event. So I'll start promoting it on my website and on, on, um, on uh, like my Instagram and Facebook and stuff like that. So yeah, if you want to, if you want your own healed EHA starter kit, I'd be happy to send it to you. And if, for those who order it on pre-sale, I'll actually be writing in the journal book a little note from me to you. So it's personalized. Oh, how lovely is that? Now, Michelle, if the ladies want to start to follow you, perhaps they want to um, join the healed EHA uh, Facebook group. How can they um, connect with you virtually? Where can they find you? You can find me uh, at Instagram. My Instagram handle is MG, like my initials, Michelle Gomez, MG Success Coach. And I know that might be confusing you guys, but like I said, I was a, I'm a career and life coach. So overall success and success can be found in career and life and parenting and healing, you know, so MG Success Coach. Um, and on Facebook, you can find me at MG, I think they have me as MG Career Coach there. Um and of course, my website, which is www.michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E, middle initial M for Martha Gomez, G-O-M-E-Z dot com. All right, ladies. So I will make sure to put all of her um, connections and the way that you can uh, start to be even further deeper in her community with her. All of those links will be in the show notes as well. Michelle, I have one final question for you, which is, um, can you share a favorite quote or mantra that keeps you motivated? Oh man, I have so many. (laughs) That's a loaded question. But let me, you know, I, I will. I'm gonna, if I can gather my thoughts here. Yeah. Lord help me. I, I think, you know, this has been such a, a dynamic and a powerful conversation on today. Before we even hopped on the interview today, ladies, Michelle and I were just in discussion and I literally on the fly took the interview in a different direction because of the gems that she was sharing behind the scenes. And so I'm really hoping that this has been a blessing to you as well as a listener. Michelle, do you have a, a quote or mantra that you're ready to share with us? I do. So it's actually a quote that was originally from Theodore Roosevelt hmm. and that I hadn't read it prior to reading Daring Greatly. Uh, Brene Brown is another spiritual life coach of mine. Like we all have our spiritual life coaches that they don't know there are life coaches. So, <laughs> uh, so having, um, having her book, Daring Greatly, and I've read all of her books since, um, but she quotes in the book, Daring Greatly, um, a quote by, by Theodore Roosevelt that he coined the man in the arena. Okay. And so this is the quote. I'm going to change it to the woman in the arena. Yes. It is not the critic who counts not the woman who points out how the strong woman stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. 
The credit belongs to the woman who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. Okay. Who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends herself in a worthy cause, who at best knows that in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who at worst, if she fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Mm. I'm just gonna let that sit for one moment. That is so powerful. And, and this takes another meeting with these hijas, it really does. I like when I was working with women in careers, and I still do, I still work with women in success in, in business and stuff. Um, and they always have this achievement because they want to build something or they want to achieve this goal. They want to be the first in this position, first woman of color, first, you know, whatever. And, but this is now like, you are willing to face the dust and the sweat and the tears and have your face marred by revealing and speaking of your pain and deciding, I am no longer going to walk this earth and this existence this way. There's, there's, and that takes such bravery, such oh, yeah. bravery. And so even if you stumble, even if you regress, even if you don't forgive, even if you have days where you can't get out of bed, even if you still can't let go, at least you're daring greatly. And even if you fall, at least you're falling with intention. Absolutely. I love that no error or effort occurs without emotion. And that is so, so powerful. Michelle, thank you again for being a part of this conversation today. Thank you for coming to share your life at the table. I am so just, I feel blessed to have had this opportunity to just sit here with you on today. So thank you again. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I thank you for having me and for creating a place where we can talk about this stuff openly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies, we want to say thank you again for being a part of the conversation on today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with another lady leader who could use this information on today. And she may not even be a leader. It may be a woman who is ready to identify and start the healing process from her own mother wounds. This has been a um, amazing episode. I'm so glad that you would take the time to be a part of it. Be sure if you haven't done so already, I invite you to subscribe. Consider offering a five-star review for this particular episode as well as podcast. If you do so, it would mean the world to me. As I always say, from process to practice, grab your stilettos and let's go. Thanks again for joining and I'll see you soon.